0: Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, my guest is a producer and audio mixer and master. I think so, right? Yeah, you, yeah, I do master? a little bit of mastering, yeah. but I
1: don't advertise myself as a mastering engineer. There
0: we go. That's one thing I've learned also. like Some people are just mixing and some people are just mastering. It's a, it's a whole thing, but it is, I'm yeah. excited to have the one and only Sendai Mike on the podcast.
1: Happy to be here, Blake. I'm, I'm super pumped. I've been really looking forward to this.
0: Yeah, man. I'm actually jealous of you. I have a thing where we were just talking about social media, yeah. And I'm obsessed with like Instagram marketing because that's my main, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm always checking like, in- like podcast tags on like reels or like the most recent post. You know, like mm-hmm. when you follow the hashtags, and your shit is like always the top like Seattle podcast tag. Huh. It's, it's like on the top of the fucking algorithm for podcasting. Podcast. Yeah. You've weird. taken over the podcast tag for that's, Seattle Podcast. I'm like, fuck.
1: That's super weird, man, because I've never tagged anything in my post with hashtag podcast or anything like really? that. Really? That's yeah. how I
0: found you, Seattle Podcast.
1: No way. I turned down podcast work, so I'm going to start sending people to you uh, yeah. because people hit me <laughs> up about podcasts. I just don't have the the patience for the uh, uh, editing large files mm-hmm. and stuff that people have recorded elsewhere, so I'm going to definitely try to send some folks to you.
0: Yeah, I, I can I can help you make a podcast, too, if you ever want, man.
1: Let's, let's talk. Let's yeah. talk. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, yeah, let's, let's start on Instagram, you know? Like, I think it's really cool that you found a way to, I don't know if personality is the right word, maybe. You, you kind of have, like, a personality on social media, you know? like yeah. um, You do those, like, those helpful videos, like, you're set up with your mic and be like, yo, man, this is mic, here's some tips yeah, yeah. and all that. So, how did you uh, start getting into that?
1: So... This I think in uh, I've always kind of dabbled in content. Uh, I made some YouTube videos a long time ago. Yeah. Never really approached it as like a a like a thing uh, to be growing or building or getting better at though. And it wasn't until I think in the fall of it was like three years ago, 2018, I think. Mm. I hired a business coach for the first time. Oh, and this guy, uh, Sean. Shout out Sean. He was like you want to make videos, man, make, make videos. How many videos are you trying to make? I was like, maybe like one a week. He's like, make two a week, bro. And of course I'm paying this guy just, you know, I'm living in the studio. I'm completely broke, you know, paying this guy like all my money. And he's telling me to make videos. So I'm like, okay, I better start making them. Yeah. Uh, and I was making YouTube videos, spending all day just toiling away, making like mediocre YouTube videos. Yeah. And the thing that I was finding immediately is that the one minute preview on Instagram cropped into portrait yeah. was just getting way more attention than the actual thing on YouTube. So I was like, I'm going to just start making these for Instagram. Oh,
0: were you making the same link for YouTube and Instagram? Or you no, just- I was
1: making like eight, 10 minute uh, ones for, for for YouTube, posting like the first minute of them on Instagram and be oh, like, like the link in my bio, yeah, you yeah. know, that type, type shit. But uh yeah, and then it just turned. You know, then I started getting a lot of work from it. So people started watching them, and uh, people started booking. And I just made more videos and uh, just kept making them.
0: How do most clients find you? Would you say
1: uh, it's a combination of it's w- just like word of mouth, social media. I do run some Google ads for the studio mm. too. So the combination of all three of those things. Um, but a, it is a combination because people might be searching for studios and I might pop up but they might have already seen me on you know they might have already seen me on social so who's the attribution is really hard to tease out. Right. Uh,
0: so do you have like a studio people can go to or is it like a home studio that you yeah. work out of or
1: I got a uh, office unit down in uh, urban workloft so it was right by Old Rainier brewery down there. Oh
0: shit that's dope.
1: Yeah yeah so it's it's uh, I've been down there for four and a half years now full time just really uh recording and mixing away. Damn. Yeah.
0: How did, how did you decide to like take that step from being like a home studio to having a office space?
1: Oh man. It's like, I went, I went to school for, I've always done some music stuff, but I went to school. I was considering going to school for audio, um, before I really was even doing it. You know, I, there's that program up in Shoreline, which a lot of people do. And there was, uh, they just got an audio engineering program at Shoreline Community College, uh, but you know, when it came time to like pay for tuition and get a career that was gonna like employ me or whatever, like it kind of became obvious to me that uh, it, 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 there didn't seem like a direct path to a job uh, yeah. after going to audio school. So I went to UW for civil engineering, and I did that, and I did that in practice for about four years after Wait, can graduating. You break,
0: break down what civil engineering even is.
1: Civil engineering is like. Uh, It's infrastructure, so it's roads, bridges, pipes. Like, my specialty ended up being, like, drainage, stormwater infrastructure. So, like, it rains on the street. All that water goes into the little grate right by the curb ramp there, and all that is conveyed out to either Lake Washington or the Sound, and the rates at which that water is flowing out of the pipes and also the requirements for treatment are all very, uh, you know, regulated and... uh, Specified by the cities and whatever ordinances. I didn't
0: realize there was drain, drain drains, on like highways until recently. Like probably the other day. Yeah, yeah. They There's like, everywhere, was like, there was like man. holes on the side of the. I was like, oh, that makes sense. It, Otherwise, they'd it just fucking flood the fucking highways.
1: It's it's a really interesting, in some ways, it's really interesting because every drop of water that falls, the uh, the idea is that we don't want to alter the natural drainage patterns. Mm. And when everything's concrete. You're altering the drainage <laughs> yeah. patterns because you know a little bit of water all of a sudden is shooting off that concrete really fast compared to if it were you know yeah. plants and stuff. Uh, so yeah, but the, in, in the the practice of it, it's it's interesting in theory, but the the practice of actually designing the stuff is like it's it's not a lot of fun. It's pre- it's pretty uh, pretty boring, and in my case, it was pretty stressful. I was working mm. a lot, uh, and I was doing music all the time.
0: Wait, one last thing, do you get do you get blamed then if there's like floods? Like do civil engineers like where I don't I can't think of a place yeah, on the top of my head. Yeah. Right well,
1: now. there was, you know, like when Katrina happened, yeah. you know, there were some levies that failed. And yeah, they take, you know, s- somebody stamped those, you know, somebody took their uh, engineering stamp as a professional engineer and signed off on it, and uh, you know, they're not gonna put that job on their resume if they're looking <laughs> for a job, you know what I'm saying? Fuck. <laughs> uh, but it, it's like uh you know the, they design for storm events and yeah. we're going we're going into the weeds here nobody nobody cares about this but uh <laughs> they design for like you know if if you're building a parking lot or something it's t- depending on the size of it and where it's at the city or the or the municipality that it's in will specify the period of storm that is acceptable for overflow. So mm. they say like this facility has to it, it's okay if it overflows once every 25 years based on historical rainfall data. Got it. And so if, you know, they they plan for that. They you know, you can't stop all the floods. So, yeah. you know, they kind of have levels of tolerance depending.
0: Do you believe in the big one coming to Seattle? Like Do that? I believe in it? Yeah.
1: Man. I got a. So I was in Japan in 2011 during the the big earthquake over there. That was a nine point or eight point oh, nine, shit. I think. That's crazy. And uh, yeah, it was a whole tsunami. It was really bad. There was a nuclear meltdown. <laughs> it fuck? was, and I was like right inland from it. And after that, I was so paranoid. Um, I I came back here, and I was waiting for either, you know, the big earthquake or Mount Rainier to erupt. That was the other big one that was like on my mind a lot. Uh, but, you know, over the years, you know, it's been 10 years. I've kind of like I don't know. I'm still processing it honestly, <laughs> but like do I believe it's coming? I try not to think about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, can we talk about the tsunami for a second? Did you see it? Like,
1: Mm-mm, thank God I didn't, dude, because I wouldn't be <laughs> here, <laughs> man. Yeah, sure. it, it, like, fifteen thousand people were just wiped oh off the face of the God. earth in in minutes. I was, uh, I was in, I was over there in college.
0: Where um, is it? Like, a, what is it called when you take like a semester in Japan? Yeah, yeah, oh, study okay. abroad. I was
1: supposed to be over there for a year, but I had somehow wrangled myself into this applied physics lab so I was doing spintronics research which was way just uh, (laughs) out of my like you know I had no idea what was going on I just wrote down like carbon nanotubes and stuff on the application they put me in this lab (laughs) and I was in there like (laughs) yeah it was kind of ridiculous they uh I wasn't like the most respected lab member Uh. uh Uh, Because I just had no idea what was going on. Anyways, man, (laughs) like that's what I was over there for. Yeah. uh, Doing spintronics research, and uh, but I was over there just to learn Japanese. I'm half Japanese. Hell yeah. That was the reason why I went. But yeah, the earthquake happened. I was in uh, in the lab. I had like this little Tyvek suit on. I was like printing this tiny little microchip. They're using these little microchips that have like just the smallest little shit that you could imagine they're printing.
0: So it's like 3d printing kind of, or
1: it's, it was photolithiographic etching. So they, I, wild. <laughs> I know they get this little wafer of, <laughs> of silicon. And then <laughs> you're using a variety of processes to etch out a, a tiny electrical structure on it that, that they Whoa. can then use in experiments for measuring the properties of electrons, Damn. uh, so yeah, I was I was in there like working with this tiny little fucking thing, and then you know like one of the largest earthquakes in recorded history oh. came and yeah, I don't know what happened to the chip; it's it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. But, but you, uh, so you definitely felt the earthquake. Oh you yeah, felt man I, I thought I, I thought I was gonna die right then oh, and there, shit. man. It was uh, it was a violent shaking, oh. but uh, it was an interesting experience though because. I had this sort of moment, you know, the pipes were breaking in the walls and so there's like water coming out of the ceiling and oh, shit. I could see out the windows, the trees were just whipping, you know, across the windows and the uh, everybody's flipping out, you know, uh, and I had this weird kind of thing where all of a sudden I was like, I have no regrets, like I'm ready to go, which Whoa. was weird, like looking back now, I'm like, no, it wasn't, but like it was just this weird sensation uh, for a split second uh, that it was like well if this is the moment that i fucking Dude. die in a pile of rubble then i guess it's
0: was it like calming?
1: I wouldn't say it was calming but it was just a weird and i wouldn't even say that it was like valid i think yeah. it was like just me like trying to rationalize what was happening in the moment uh damn yeah it was a, it was a, a definitely a formative experience in my life and then the the following 3 days you know like we're we are just a mess. There was no power, no water, no cell phone service. Nobody knew what was going on. Jeez. I couldn't get a hold of the embassy. Couldn't get a hold of the school. The airport, you know, was flooded. The highways were all closed. Oh.
0: Uh, Wait, where'd you go after the shake? Like, did you, like... Did went, you drive anywhere? Did you have to walk No, somewhere? I went
1: back to my dorm, which was com- no power, no anything. Nobody was sleeping in there. Like, I didn't know what was going on. I barely spoke Japanese, you yeah. know? I slept in there, barely slept at all. The next day, I find out about the tsunami, you know, because there was no, like, oh, I fuck. couldn't go on to, like, Facebook and find out about it, you know? Uh, and the the thing that, the thing that was really psychologically the worst part of it was this whole nuclear thing because the yeah. Fukushima plant was, melting down oh. not too far away and uh the rumors because every nobody knew what was going on there was no clear lines of information anywhere so people were like the thing melts down you know like oh. what's gonna happen like is yeah. the rain gonna carry the radiation to us like oh i was trying to go to korea i was trying to get my parents to fly me to korea for a little bit but they what ended up happening is i ended up just hopping on buses trains uh And I made it around, because I couldn't get straight to Tokyo, so I had to go around sort of this long way. It was like yeah. a 36-hour, like, sort of holy shit, just hopping on trains and buses to try and get around. Uh, and I was supposed to stay with um, stay with some folks I knew there, but by the time I got there, they were like, don't come here. Like, this is bad. They were freaking out. Too. Like, yeah, the whole country was freaking out. You know, it's like, there's it a major natural disaster Um so when she told me that, I was, like, I called my folks, and uh, they just bought a ticket for me. I hopped on the plane, and I never went back. <sighs> do you think there
0: was any, like, side effects for people that stayed there? Like, do you think there's, like, radiation oh, yeah. people like, radiation? Yeah, people yeah, yeah the
1: people. I mean, there. that was the whole story. It was, like, there were older folks, like, volunteers going in to clean up, oh. like, seniors, because they knew that, like, they would be passing before, like, the radiation would, like... Uh, but yeah, it was it was oh. a huge environmental catastrophe as well with with the uh, with the meltdown that they're still they're still working on cleaning up.
0: Holy fuck! I <laughs> told I told I told people about like I did wrestling in high school. Yeah, and yeah, you'd have to like for regionals, you'd have to go to Hanford, Washington, where they oh, had the fuck. They had like a that's another like oh, radiation right. place. Yeah, so like yeah, before yeah. you'd go there, like you'd have to have your parents sign off on a release oh, form. Oh my God. It was Fucking wild. <laughs> Radiation's no
1: joke. Right. And
0: then when you were talking about like how you had like, I guess you didn't say it was a peaceful experience, but like when you're like, shit, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. I felt that I, I almost drowned like two years ago. Oh, my and goodness. And I was like, I had this feeling come over me, and I was like, well, this is how I die. And it was very peaceful almost. Yeah,
1: know? wow. So were you, was it in the, where was, I was that? In
0: the, I was just in the fucking Lake Washington.
1: Oh, shit.
0: <laughs> like, um, I was on a, like a paddle board. Yeah, yeah, and and the oar had fallen off. Yeah, so I I jumped in. I was like, I'll get the paddle board, and I kicked off the paddle. So the paddle went zooming the other yeah. direction, and the paddle, the paddle, well, the paddle board went zooming one way. The paddle board, the paddle was floating another way. Yeah, so I got to the paddle. And I started swimming back and the paddle was super heavy because it was like fucking holding water in it and stuff. Yeah, oh, it was like, it was like right. fighting against the the me swimming. Right. And I got tired all of a sudden. I was like, Oh fuck, I'm about to drown. Oh
1: my god. And then I
0: started drowning. And then my friend came to save me. And then he was like, Just get on my back. So I got on his back and he's like, Oh fuck, you're too heavy. So he pushed me off. <laughs> he got back on the board. And I was like, I'm actually dead. And then last second, and we had tied the life jackets to the fucking paddle board, like double oh knotted my it. God. So like, I was like, I was like, I see the light, I'm about to die. And then last second, they were able to throw like a life jacket. But I, I, had, I really had like a feeling. I was like. I'm I'm about to die. Yeah, and I was like, this is it. It was very peaceful. So I feel like I kind of understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like people are like I'm, I'm yeah. doing extreme
1: sports. <laughs> it's Like for you, I, you'd hope that you know, like if you're gonna die in some sort of accident, that your last yeah. thoughts aren't like some crazy, like racing, like, <sighs> like desperate thoughts that you'd wanna. You you know, I think it's just it's only natural to really. Yeah settled down a little bit right yeah. before <laughs> it's like
0: euphoric a little bit yeah, yeah. i just wanted <laughs> this is darkest <laughs> my, one la- one last dark thing though i was watching do you watch documentaries at all
1: a little bit yeah, yeah. there's
0: this new documentary that just came out called i think it was this year maybe 2020 called alpine and okay. it's about this like um guy who just climbs fucking mountains the alpinist yeah yeah, yeah
1: i just watched that the,
0: the guy who the the one where he like passed away yeah yeah, yeah. is it called Spoilers. the Alpinists yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah. shit I just
1: no like, incredible story though he, did,
0: he passed away he flew somewhere he like he, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah yeah that yeah. was crazy like I wasn't expecting it like it was such a happy story and he was just taking risks and then like you're like damn this guy must get a, where is he now I wonder and the, then at the end it's like fuck.
1: There's another good one if you're interested in that sort of story called yeah. McConkie. It was it was filmed by Red Bull and this came oh. out probably it came out in the last ten years, but he was a skier. Okay. Um and you know, it just for him progressed from like a little cliff diving to like skiing off jumps to eventually like skiing off things and parachuting um, and then you you know, you just ex- kinda see where it's going. Uh but Damn. If you like the Alpinist, you probably dig that one too. Yeah. Uh,
0: Extreme sports are crazy. You literally have to get out of it at the right time, or you're just kind yeah, of like, yeah.
1: well, there are going to keep pushing yourself. There was that quote in the movie where the guy says 50%, half of all the top alpine climbers are dead. Yeah. Like it's like a 50 50 chance. You know, it's a, you can be the best climber in the world, but when that avalanche comes, you know, it doesn't Other really matter. Nature. Yeah.
0: Fuck. And then you can't even find, if you're doing something extreme like that, you can't even find the bodies half the time too. Right, that's, right.
1: That's
0: some wildness. But yeah, let's talk about, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about some music, man. Yeah. So you went from being like a producer to being an audio mixer. And then yep, you, yep. You, you produce because you're part of Sendai era, yeah, so you yeah, produce yeah. that. But like, what was that like to like change from being a producer to actually being like a full audio mixer?
1: So... I, you know, I think in in twenty fifteen sixteen, I still thought that like I'm going to be a professional producer without really understanding what that meant. I didn't yeah. really have a clear a clear vision of what that looked from a business standpoint. Mm. And mixing it was so easy to understand from a mixing standpoint, you know, or from a business standpoint. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, so I was in that job you know, a long this little side tangent there, but uh <laughs> civil engineer. Yeah, doing the drainage design. <laughs> and uh I just hating it. Um no disrespect to my previous company or coworkers, all wonderful people. It was just not the not the vibe for me. Yeah. But uh I was producing, making beats just obsessed, you know, just Uh, i get obsessed with things and i just you know every night i'm just making beats uh i was working four tens just so i could have a whole extra day just to wake up and make beats uh just you know completely uh, completely obsessed uh and i knew i have to make an exit from the job so I, i i thought like maybe i'll produce some stuff maybe i'll do some live audio maybe i'll do some uh You know, so I I thought about doing live audio, you know, like at at venues and stuff as as a career option. And I did some shifts like as a stagehand at some venues. And I did some courses at Vera for live audio. And I did some small uh, live audio events. Uh, But um, I think I just found that I liked being in the studio, you Mm -hmm. know. Uh, And the point where it started switching into mixing was... Working with Sendai Air, I was produced, had pro- been producing Sendai Air about, for about three or four years, and that's his hip hop duo. Yep, yep, yep. And we had gone to um, we'd gone to Purple Door at first, uh, which was a studio down in Belltown to mix our first project. Then we went to Ruby Room, which you know, Elon. Uh, yeah, yeah, and Nima. We worked with Nima on our second project that was like 2015, I think, and then you know we were recording all these demos just working on the music all the time and i got to the point where it's like let's just save the money on the studio and i'll just figure out how to mix these myself because they're Mm. sounding decent enough we will take it elsewhere for mastering yeah and uh then that that's just that's how i kind of went into the path of mixing and then as I produced other artists, they wanted me to mix it as well. So um, that's kind of how I got my foot in the door for mixing was like people wanted me to mix their music because I was already producing it. Right. And uh, it was just easy for me business-wise. You know, like production, I've never felt really comfortable charging money. Uh, It it should feel like a collaboration to me. And like uh, I can't, it's hard for me to sort that out. Mixing, perceived as a technical service you know the creative decision making is already done um to some extent you know and so yeah I just started recording mixing recording mixing recording mixing doing it every day all day just obsessive you know like that's how I get with it and uh yeah
0: is there because there's like only a handful of mixers I'm I feel like in Seattle at least right do you guys are you guys in competition with each other or do you guys help each other out
1: Um, I wouldn't say, I think, you know, I think there's probably people that would feel like it's a competition or, but I, you know, I've been doing it long enough, not that long, but I feel like I've been doing it long enough to kind of, there's not really competition. There's the the pool is so big right? and the, not only in the number of artists, but in the scale of artists in terms of what they want from their studio session, you know, uh, the pool is so big. Um, there's no competition. There's more. There's there's not enough studios. There's not enough mixers. Uh, right. Yeah. I Lil Nas X was on Sesame Street last year. You know, like, oh, it was? Uh, it, it, like the the number of artists or people trying to like be rappers and singers yeah. right now. It might be a bubble, but also I think it's a I think it's I truly think it's a generational bubble. Like uh, it, it's 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 yes yeah, generation defining the sort of movement uh that that we're seeing right now
0: so i think i heard from a previous podcast you did that you stepped away from hip hop production cuz you felt it was oversaturated a little bit
1: yeah so th- the w- Everything is changing so quickly. And in the last, like, five years especially, we have the, the, you know, the tight beats and the YouTube beats. And, um, you know, even major artists now can go on YouTube and find beats of themselves, and some of them do.
0: Oh, shit, I never thought of that. You know, like, (laughs) if you're
1: Playboy Cardi and you want to sound like Playboy Cardi, like, you can find literally, like, you know, thousands of beats uh, just on... Uh, not that he does that necessarily, but uh that
0: makes sense, though. Damn. It's
1: and the production tools are are easier to use than ever. Uh, you know, you got things like Splice now, with yeah. with zero understanding of, of of really anything, you can put together beats that sound really good and that artists are really going to want to use.
0: Breakdown Splice. I know what Splice is. But yeah, yeah. People who don't know what
1: Splice is, Splice is. Uh, I, the way I said it right there, it is is not giving it the credit deserves. It's, it's it's a really cool tool. It's a, uh, it's a sample library essentially. So you pay like eight bucks a month and you get to download samples to use in your production. And that can include anything from like full loops of like somebody playing piano for an entire like eight bar progression to just like a single drum hit and everything in between. So it gives mm-hmm. you just the raw audio files uh, that you would need to use with another piece of software to make Uh, make a song
0: and that's where you I think that's why you see a lot of um, songs nowadays kind of have some of the same sampling also they're probably not even trying to cop another song it's just like they're using the same splice loops yeah yeah.
1: it's I've seen multiple times where I'll have two artists come in different days different parts of the year but the beat has the same splice loop or sometimes it's the same beat because they both typed in something, some type beat on YouTube at some point and they found a beat they liked and, uh, and you know the thing that occurs to me whenever that happens, if it happens twice a year yeah. on this one beat in this one studio in this one city. Think of how many people are using that beat, oh, you know, all, in the world, you know, it's like,
0: damn. So yeah. what makes that beat eventually get like big? Does it, does it depend on the artist? Like if everyone makes that, uses that same beat, does it, is it only going to be popular if like a Drake uses it or
1: that's, that's an interesting question. Uh, i don't know the answer necessarily but what an interesting exercise you can do is if you're an artist looking for beats on youtube and you want to know if it's already been used by somebody and already blown up you can shazam it so you Mm. just shazam the beat and see what pops up usually it's like some random song with like 200 plays uh You know, but uh, sometimes it might be, you know, already used and already kind of blown up. So you just got to exam it to find out.
0: Damn. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm actually super huge into, like, um, sampling, at least to the point where, like, like one of my top apps I use is Genius. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I like looking at credits. And sometimes it actually... Sometimes it actually disappoints me when I look at some artist. I'm like, damn, I know they just wrote this, and you see like how many, like it's like twenty people wrote on the track. Oh right, like, yeah, like, yeah. Fun. But I like, I like, um, especially Kanye. Mm-hmm. I like how much samples he uses, and sometimes I'll just listen to like the full songs of that from that sample. Yeah, it's yeah. Really cool. I, yeah, I'm. Like, Motown's my favorite type of music because that's oh. where a lot of the sampling comes from. Yeah.
1: You know? Yep. Yep.
0: But yeah, so. How many, how, how many mixers would you say there are in Seattle? Do you know? Like, are you one of the few that actually have their own studio space for it?
1: Um, I don't know, man, off top, Mm. you know, I could, I could throw out some names, but I don't want to like, I guess I don't want (laughs) to not include anybody either there. You know, there's, uh, I I guess, you know, there are people that strictly do mixing that don't have a studio space. Mm. And I guess what I'm doing and what a lot of other people doing are they're recording and mixing, uh, you know, um. So, there are people that do recording only. There are people that do recording and mixing. Right. There are people that do recording, mixing, and mastering. And then there are people that do right you know you know i'm trying to say there's people that do just those those things specifically as well
0: do you go to like a specific do you like recommend a specific master then for people or
1: um i've worked a lot with adam straney down in portland Mm -hmm. i also have had people go into matthew woke which i who i think you had on uh he's he yeah he's he's, his stuff sounds really good i also just master a lot of the stuff in sessions and i know i know matthew's not a huge fan of the people (laughs) doing that but uh it's just what, you know, it's just the market, you know, if if, yeah. the, if if the client wants to just one take a song over a YouTube beat and mix it and master it in an hour, like they have no interest in, in basically doubling their cost of the song, taking it to a mastering engineer, like they're just trying to crank demos out. So that's the kind of mastering I'm doing. Uh, I do master there there's a there's a handful of artists that I master pretty much exclusively and they've've right. just, just people that I've been working with for a long time um they, they mix it themselves or they mix it at other studios and then i master it uh but i don't really uh i don't advertise myself as a mastering engineer and I do encourage people to you know if they have the budget uh to to take it to uh, somebody who does it specifically yeah.
0: and how do you how do you build up a client base is it just like you're delivering a good product or do you have to like Form like a relationship with these people, or how does that work for
1: you? I think it's important that, you know, you have to go for. For me, it's it's important that the, the client feels like I'm going above and beyond for them right. on every on everything, and that can be draining because you do have to go above and beyond for people. But once you do that, uh, you know, like if, if you're the guy, you know, like you, yeah. you, you know, like there's no. Uh, so if people people need files from if people need radio edits, if people need show versions, if people need stems, if people need anything, project files, I'm going to get it to them, you know, like, because this, like, uh, that that's ultimately what it is. Like, I, I'm not the most responsive. I'm not the most friendliest guy. I'm not, like, friends <laughs> with my clients. Yeah. But when it comes down to the getting the music out, like, I, get it uh, done. I go, yeah, yeah, I go the extra mile for everybody.
0: Yeah, there we go. You're, you're a business guy, yeah?
1: Yeah, oh yeah, man. I mean, this is this is <laughs> what I do. This is what I do, man.
0: Yeah, that's dope. So, would you say is hip hop like the main genre you mix, or?
1: Uh, I do. Um, yeah, hip hop, pop, R and B. Like, I the, th- the stuff I enjoy mixing is probably like pop and R and B stuff. Who is uh, that? It's just a lot more interesting to me to mix. There's a lot more, the the melodic uh stuff is just way more fun to mix than hip hop.
0: Do you think hip-hop's, like, the main genre in Seattle, though, right now?
1: Um, the main genre? In terms of accessibility and volume, I think it's the main genre everywhere. Okay. Just in terms of, like, people want to do music, rap is, like, the entry point for people. Like, just, you know, somebody <laughs> yeah. with somebody with no musical background who's just feels the music, they can start rapping. Like, they can do that, you know, if they... It, intuitively they can just start rapping if they want to so i think yeah. it's like by volume it's like uh yeah uh, yeah
0: that makes sense and why do you think that is Is just do you just not need talent or why do, no, why no, do you no, think no, people, no. why do you i think it's, that is a point though like i think a lot of like when you think of soundcloud artists even yeah, you, yeah. i don't think people think oh soundcloud pop i think they mostly right. think of, like soundcloud hip-hop I I wonder why people take that as their first step, maybe. I
1: think think it's just low barrier to entry, you know, and, uh, you know, you don't need a band. You don't need, um, all this, you know, you don't need guitars, you don't need a drum set. You just literally can look up beats on YouTube and just have a musical experience, you know, like it's, it's very easy, uh, to get a very rewarding experience and song or product or whatever you're trying to do with it, uh without you know having to learn how to play instruments and do vocal coaching or whatever it is that you have to do like you can literally just jump into it and start making music and have a blast you know
0: yeah i guess that makes sense i guess singing is like more than rap yeah yeah that makes sense so how do you expand outside of just like your own city when you're a mixer like because there's probably tons of mixers in different cities across the the world even
1: i i do do a decent amount of mixing for people all over the country uh and they just come to me through social media instagram Mm. tiktok like um if if you make content that's helpful uh on those platforms people will come from wherever because that's the thing about mixing is like you don't need to be we don't need to be in the same room to mix it uh so that's that's I would say just social social for for expanding uh clientele outside of
0: do most mixers have social media really or do you think you're kind of stepping out of the box by being kind of like a personality on instagram well, and tiktok th- that's
1: the funny thing is like i don't know if most of them do or do not oh. because the ones that do i know about and the ones that don't oh you've never heard of them oh, you know but true. there are out there i'm sure you know
0: uh yeah that makes sense what is what are your goals? Like do you wanna ever get to a point where you can mix and produce, or do you think you're just stepping away from producing all the Um all the
1: way? I like producing. I like I, I want to I, I you know, obviously like that, that was like my first real love was making beats and producing and uh I, you know, for better or for worse, it is what it is. I uh have gone down this route of mixing and I love mixing too. Um but the the thing is after working in Ableton all day yeah. the last thing i want to do after being in the studio all day working in this software on other people's music is just keep sitting there and work on my own music like it's it's mm-hmm. uh i just don't have the is is completely different than it used to be my relationship with it in terms of my desire just because of how long <laughs> i'm sitting in there every day uh but yeah eventually i, I, I would love to play music again i want to i want to honestly i want to play more music with people i don't uh, like
0: groups maybe or just collaboration or
1: yeah you know like when i grew up i would play i played fiddle music um yeah. like square dance music and there's a
0: fucking country bar down the street
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep yep uh and i played in bands with with friends and stuff and it's a completely playing music live with people yeah is an entirely different approach and sort of uh experience than like crafting a song that's meant to be consumed uh, and I like both of them but that that's the thing I miss is like playing music with people and having that experience of really syncing up the vibrational energy of the yeah. room you know while people are playing because you know if people are offbeat or whatever in the studio you just edit it. Edited it into perfect place, you know, and then you listen to it back and it feels great, but it's different than when it's just happening and yeah. uh, and everything lines up. And then if you want to get that again, you got to play it again, you yeah. know. Uh,
0: Have you been to Mojam before?
1: Uh, I actually haven't, man. Oh. I got to make it out there sometime.
0: I went for my first time like a week or two ago. They had like their eight year anniversary.
1: It's been going that long. Yeah. Dude. Oh my gosh.
0: It's so cool. Like it's like an open mic but there's like a full band and like two mics for like vocalists. Yeah. and like each set everyone changes including the band and the that's vocalist that's so cool so like each song is just on the spot made it's sick
1: damn i got i got to go check that out what is that? Is it like monthly yeah
0: it's every monday
1: no way every monday yeah, oh my god
0: it was actually very inspiring to be there it's at nectar lounge yeah yeah i just saw um i saw murs there wow last I think it was last week, and then like the next, it was like last Friday, and then on that Monday, I saw uh, Mojang, it was crazy. That's like it's dope. That's what's so cool about what I do, is like my, my artists that I interview like during the pandemic, it'll be a virtual, yeah. but then they start coming back on tour, so like my guy Oswin Benjamin was on tour with MERS, and I was like, holy shit.
1: Oh, that's like, dope.
0: And a lot of these hip hop artists have like connections to Seattle too, from out of town. Like, huh. it's, it's weird. That we don't have as many huge hip-hop artists in Seattle. Right, yeah. But the amount of, like, hip-hop artists in the industry that have, like, some ties to Seattle is, like, crazy.
1: Totally, yeah. What, what, What's your take, man? On Because you see a lot of artists and you, you're yeah. following the scene pretty closely. Like, what is your, like, I guess, bird's-eye view of, of what's going on in the landscape of, of the Seattle music scene?
0: It's a weird thing because I think I've... Uh, I think I probably started saying it because I've heard other people say it. When I first just started as in, as in my adult life, yeah, I've, I started being like those people, you know. And then I've started like meeting those people, like you know, like yeah. What's an example of like? those woke people and like I just hear people say that and I'd be like yeah those woke people and I start meeting those woke people I'm like fuck these are the people that people make jokes about and I actually <laughs> see them so like I feel like I, I would go through a phase when I <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean though like it's like them like we like you always hear them or they or whoever yeah, yeah, yeah. and then like it doesn't have to be woke people it could be like those terrible drivers and you're like yeah, I've never yeah, seen yeah. those terrible drivers then you see those terrible drivers or whatever it yeah, is yeah. So, like, I feel like when I first started the podcast, and I feel like this is, I've matured enough that I'm able to say this, I feel like I used to be like, people aren't doing this right. Like, being like, right. they're not doing, this is why they're not accessible, because they're not doing this, even though I never truly, because I I love everyone that I've had on the podcast. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. everyone's, uh, I've had on the podcast is doing things in the right directions. So, the people that I haven't had on, I'm like, those are the people that aren't doing the right thing. <laughs> but I'm starting to meet. Those people, yeah. you know, and I think a lot of those things are right. I feel like a, people have dreams, but not goals, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like that was one of the things that set me apart when I first joined the music scene. Like, mm. I would tell like, my family, This is, these are my goals, and I'd be like, yeah. Oh, or someone would be like, You have some great dreams. I'm like, Nope, these are goals. I'm like, Super important, you know. Yeah. So I think having like actual, like, strict goals, like I have plans and like milestones I try to reach, and like yep. my two year it's been two years now. So like my two year goals, um, leading up to 2021 was to start making money off the podcast and like go on a tour. And I did both of those. And then my goals this year from 2021 to 2023 were, was to become a DJ and also start getting sponsors. And I'm only like it's still 2021 and I've already started doing those things I just got my first DJ check Incredible. and I'm already into talking to like sponsors and stuff like that so I think a lot of people um, I think a lot of people do live in a fairy tale land as an artist a little bit they think this yeah. is what's gonna happen the, for them but yeah. you there's not a single thing even being here at this studio like I have a cool resume and I'm able to show people that but like I'm never there's not there hasn't been like a single person that's really given me anything. I've really had to go out yeah. and get it. So I think people need to realize there's not, you're it's not really, no one's really, especially in Seattle. Maybe if you're in LA, yeah. maybe there's a little bit higher percentage of you just walking down the street and being, someone would be like, just grabbing you be like, come into the studio with me. Yeah. i yeah, right. millions of dollars. <laughs> you know? But I don't think that really happens here in Seattle. you have to make yeah. your, and you have to surround yourself with the right people. I think a lot of people get stuck in like, my favorite word to say lately, a circle jerk. I yeah, think a lot yeah. of people get put in a circle jerk. And then like, I'll say something to someone that just makes common sense to me. And they're like, oh shit, you're right, Blake. I never looked at it that way. I'm like, what? I'm I'm not even an artist and I could be like, you're not thinking the right yeah, way about some yeah. things. I don't know if that's too vague or not. No, makes no, I know, I know you. what you
1: mean, man. And I, I always, uh, it, it's hard, it's hard to tell. Uh, sometimes it's hard to tell um, if you're still in a circle of yeah, some size. You know, it's like the you know circle's I mean? bigger than you think sometimes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true too. <laughs>
0: that's why what I do is when I get like anxious at all about my interviews, like I'll go through I'll go through like weeks or months where I don't interview any local artists Mm. and I just interview artists in the industry and then then I'm like, okay, I have a new fresh perspective and now I can come back and start working on local stuff again Yeah, because I get, I get, I get anxious too. I'm super young, but I get anxious. I don't want
1: to, I don't
0: want to wake up i i just turned 21 and i'm like i'm gonna wake up one no day No
1: way! you're 21 and yeah. you're two years in on this pause dude you're gonna be huge <laughs> well ho- hopefully you're gonna be huge you know? bro but, like
0: i have i feel like i don't want to wake up and like i it literally does it's a blink like you blink and you're like holy fuck i'm 50 years old yeah you know like i remember getting in trouble when i was like in middle school or like a kid being yeah like in seven years or whatever, this is not going to even matter to me. And now I'm seven <laughs> years later. I'm like, yeah, I remember when I was grounded. That shit doesn't mean anything to me now. I'm like, fuck, I'm that seven years later. <laughs> so <laughs> that shit catches up. Time catches up with you. That's so hilarious. you don't have time to like be complacent, in my opinion.
1: Totally, least. man, totally. Especially
0: in music, because you're, dude, you're in the. You're in a similar boat as me where you're like, you're an artist and I feel like in a way I'm creative at least. I don't know if I'm an artist, but like, we're both found a way to like actually have a clientele base. Like yeah, we're making yeah. money doing what we want to do. Yeah. Versus like, like making money off streams is not something that's working for me right now. And like, if you were just going to be producing, you probably wouldn't be making all that much money off streams. But you found another right. way to yeah. continue pushing that dream yeah. and also still stay in music. You know? yeah, yeah. But I don't think a lot of people know how to do that. I know some people are able to become like audio engineers but that's, right. not, that's not everyone there's not that many studios that have that many open slots for that,
1: yeah, so the, what do other people do yeah it's I think for artists, you know the pie's never been bigger, and the slices have never been thinner also you know like yeah. it's there's more money in it now than ever, but uh it's it's harder to uh it's harder to cut yourself out of a little, a little piece of that.
0: Like, how do we talk to Jeff Bezos? You know, I bet what music does Jeff Bezos listen to? And that's the artist. He himself. probably listens to
1: some weird shit.
0: He'd uh, probably <laughs> <laughs> him and <he> probably listens <laughs> to whatever Elon Musk <laughs> listens to. Maybe like some Grimes, you know? Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. Maybe some fucking industrial. What, what? If you had to guess what Jeff Bezos listens to, you know what? You know what I think actually? Before you answer, I feel like it's gonna be some like. Lex, like, what's Lex Luthor type shit? Where he's, he's definitely listening to some like classical music or some shit. He's just driving a rock. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think?
1: I mean. I have no idea, you know. I, I want to make, like, some joke, but I can't even think of anything absurd enough to, like, pin on it. Uh, what if it's just,
0: like, mainstream pop? What if he's just listening to, like, Ariana
1: Grande? He's probably listening to whatever Alexa recommends to him for the day, you know? <laughs> I bet he probably he... has no taste in music.
0: <laughs> I, I bet, at this point, though, I bet he has an Alexa that actually has, like, intelligence. Where it's like... <laughs> He has the he has the one Alexa prototype that's actually giving him advice.
1: Oh shit! <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? Like he could just talk to Alexa, like "fuck Alexa, I'm having a rough day." Okay, Jeff. Here's a, here's a here's a collection of wineries nearby or whatever. <laughs> like, actually, give him some real life feedback.
1: <laughs> Maybe, man. If anyone's got it, he does.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that we have so many like tech companies in in seattle like there's even like a there's tesla here even now there's there's, i was driving through redmond there's a spacex in redmond oh shit we have like google stuff here we have facebook stuff here like so like how do we i feel like there should be money for artists here somehow right but i don't know how you
1: that was uh (laughs) that yeah that's an interesting thing about seattle Is that it is a? It's not a huge market compared to like LA, Chicago. Yeah, everyone, all the artists here think it's a big market, or I feel like they think I'm I'm projecting onto people. Like, exactly, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Like we talk about our the Seattle, like it deserves the recognition and it deserves the uh, the, you know it, it. it, that we're underperforming. Yeah, uh, that that's sort of sort of seems to be the general consensus is that we're underperforming musically and artistically. Right. But we're looking at we're comparing ourselves to cities that are way way bigger and cities where the population demographic is much much different. Like mm. all the money coming here and all the people coming here, they're not hip hop heads. <laughs> you yeah. know, they're they're uh, <laughs> you know it's it's different. Uh, but did you ever go to Upstream, man?
0: I did not. I Upstream, heard about it. I heard it was a legendary thing.
1: It That, you know, you can say what you want about Paul Allen and, and all that stuff. Uh, that shit was so much fun. Like, yeah. I, it, it, it was, because it was like, basically 50, it was like all local. It was like all the homies. It was just everybody was playing. Uh, but it was like a big music festival. Yeah. Uh, it was, I, I love that, man. And I hope, I hope somebody brings that back in some, uh, some capacity. Because Paul think,
0: Allen had something, he was like, was it his thing or something? I
1: basically I can't I can't remember man. It was put on by Vulcan or put on by something associated with him.
0: And do you think that made like those people in tech want to go to that?
1: I don't think so. Maybe. Mm.
0: Cuz that's the biggest thing. I feel like if you want to be an artist in Seattle and actually make money in Seattle through live shows or whatever, yeah. you got to like Realize like your demographic in Seattle. Yeah. Like, I was talking to, do you know Greg Seifer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Greg's my guy. He thought I was joking, but I was, I'm honestly kind of serious about this. Like, the people that are coming to the tech jobs, a lot of them are Indians. And you have to realize what do Indians want to listen to? Are they going to be really into like this underground hip hop or underground pop or underground bands? They probably want, like, just, they probably don't want to look too far when they're like just working in tech. You know, they're probably not too interested in like diving too deep. Like, just from, like,
1: a yeah, 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 yeah.
0: generalization, like, from my understanding, a lot of them like, like, mainstream type of music, especially if they're coming straight from India. Yeah, yeah. Like, those people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you dude, know, like, look, course, at, look at your fucking, I, think, I don't think artists look at their de- demographics. I think that right. is the thing where they're like, oh, I'm getting plays. Overseas in Texas or wherever it is. Yeah, I, I heard someone say Texas the other day. I was like, okay, that's cool, but who are those people in Texas or who are those people in wherever? Yeah, yeah. Just because they listen, like, are, are are those men? Okay, you can actually see if it's men, women, but like, like actually dive into yeah, why are they, what, are they what, listening? Yeah, to yeah, you? Yeah, totally. like what else are they listening to? You know?
1: Yeah, yep. I don't
0: think people are looking at that that much.
1: The, the other thing, just while we're on the topic of Seattle and performing, it, it it's we're in an interesting location just geographically in the United States where in other places, you know, you can't, you can't play in Seattle. Like you can't, you can play what, what one show a month. And that would be like fairly exhaustive to your fan base, you know, like and we're not, we're in a place that's so geographically isolated away from other major metropolitan areas. Like even in Southern California, you can do, san diego two different la shows the bay area you know in the course of like four days oh, shit. here we're so f- spread out you know it's like you're gonna do seattle tacoma olympia portland is like your northwest tour you know yeah. it, it, it's, it's it's you you know and compare that to the east coast where you can tour every day up and down you know all around the the, the south and the east coast hitting wow. fairly large towns uh you know, it's, we're we're completely we have none of that here just because of the proximity and the distance, uh, from everything. That's
0: such a good point. That's why I just had Marshall yeah, yeah, yeah Marshall on and we were talking about like oversaturation and he's like he's like, Yeah, I play a ton for Seattle, but like when you look at LA or something, people can play almost daily even if they really wanted to. Right. And yeah. not feel oversaturated. So that that is a good point. Overall then you have to adapt to that market. I don't think artists know how to adapt to their market if they don't even understand how right, Seattle yeah, set up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I don't know how you get that across to people, though. Huh.
1: I don't know, man.
0: There we go. Huh. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good problem. You, you got it. So.
1: We we got we got to start our artist consultancy because we got all the answers. Oh shit. There know. we go. That's the thing. The longer the longer I do this and all this stuff, the more I realize that like. Everything is changing so rapidly that the things that I believe to be true about the industry and the scene today in a year, in two years, are, are completely different. But look uh, at Jay
0: Prince. Jay Prince is still, like, the go-to guy for advice. He, like... Does he manage Drake or what is
1: it? I have no I have no idea. He does you know. something. You know
0: who Jay Prince is. Like. I mean,
1: I, I know the name, just oh, popping him on socials, but I don't I'm not really like familiar with him.
0: Jay Prince founded like the Ghetto Boys. He's, oh, he's, yeah, like, yeah, he's okay. like a legendary um, manager. And like he you know when um Kanye and Drake, you know, had this most recent beef, they've had beef for a long time. Right, but, yeah, yeah. Like he's the one who like had them squash right, the I, beef. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, remember like that. he had Drake like read a fucking apology letter like on Instagram. It was, just, it was funny as fuck, <laughs> but it was, did it was, was I said Drake or Kanye? Kanye, he had, like, yeah, yeah, yeah it was like yeah. he was, like, in a room with Kanye, and he was just, like, wow. this, and then Kanye was, like, I apologize to Drake. It was, like, the funniest Damn. thing ever, but, like, so if someone, like, who's been around for that long, there's has to be some things, oh, I think I get it maybe things are changing for like up and coming people, like how you get into the industry, but yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. already in, in the industry and you're up at a higher level, yeah. things kind of stay the same. Being relevant might change, but like you yeah. don't need to worry about like, like how you're getting into the industry. Right, right, right. Maybe that's...
1: I mean, uh, do you think he's managing and working with uh, like basically under... like? Mm. people that aren't aren't broken yet or that, is he breaking artists or is he just working with like established artists
0: that's a good point maybe he is just working with established artists and he knows how to keep that afloat i don't yeah, know if jay I, prince even talks to newer artists unless it's like corday but corday is like surrounded by like dr dre and people <laughs> too so then at the same point that's just his f- <laughs> that's just his, yeah, his knows, web of man. people that's a good point like if you're already in the industry like how do you, how do people in the industry find artists now? Like is it's, it just like all TikTok I'm just pretty sure. TikTok and stuff. Uh,
1: I'm pretty sure TikTok. That's what I'm saying today. Yeah. You know, ask me in a year and I'll might have some completely different answer for you, yeah. but I think TikTok is uh you know, in the last couple of years completely changed the way music propagates through culture. Yeah. And the way and even the writing and and the the compositions it's, it's affecting the production. It's affecting music at a fundamental level. And yeah. uh, the, the the impact is already too deep. You know, like we were talking about before the- before, Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Man. It's, Spider-Man. it's it's Spider-Man. <laughs> it's, 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 TikTok and the sounds associated with TikTok are ingrained culturally at such a deep level that yeah. uh, it, uh, the A&Rs now, they don't go and try and find somebody that nobody's heard of so that they can see if they can make a quick buck off them they go and find the people that already have built large audiences on TikTok and on social and are already doing streams.
0: Uh, Whoa, yeah. That's a good point. But that's probably super... TikTok is probably the most oversaturated platform there is, though, at this point, too. Like, you could have...
1: What's oversaturated about it?
0: Uh, It's oversaturated as, like, a creator who wants to make money on that platform, at least. Oh, yeah, if you're trying
1: to make money on the platform, I I, I wouldn't say TikTok is... Unless you're selling something directly. Yeah.
0: that's a good, but like also like when you're look if if A and I wonder if there's A and R's that do just go through TikTok or if people send them viral things because like there's some cool artists like like you know who I'm gonna butcher her name it's like fushi it's like F O U S H E E she like blew up on TikTok I'm pretty sure yeah and um now she's work she was just on Vince Staples last project wow. She has songs with like little Wayne now wow so like. But that doesn't just for every fushi. There's probably thousands of other or millions of other artists trying to make it on TikTok. Like, so how do you even short sort through that? Is it just like whatever gets super viral?
1: Or like, I think so, man. Huh? I I don't. Uh, th- even if you have the best song in the world, or uh, if 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 it's not packaged in a way that lots of people are going to try and listen to it. Wow. To to the A and R, it's it's not really worth anything. So you they're, gotta
0: package your own shit at this they're, point. They're
1: they're looking for the metrics that come with the song more than they're looking at the actual quality of the song now.
0: And that loses like genuine genuine genuinity in an it's artist. It's Losing something, man. I, I don't to. I
1: don't really know enough you know about what what's going on at that level because I'm working with all independent artists. You know, I'm not working yeah. with anybody. Uh, I mean, but you
0: probably these... see that. Do you do you ever get clients that like? Their eco's a little inflated because they might be popping on TikTok or anything like that. Like, have you um, experienced that where people do anyone does anyone come in and be like, "I have this many streams on SoundCloud or Instagram or TikTok"? Nah, I mean, yeah.
1: people the people that do have a lot of streams are usually not like bragging about it because they paid for some promotion that helped get them there. You know, ah. that's that's the thing that I find is like the people that have the most streams talk about it the least, uh, and the people that have the least streams. Are the most grateful and the most stoked to have you yeah. know a thousand streams on their song. You know, it's it's a weird inverse thing like that.
0: Dude, that thing that thing works out though. Like I, it, I also say there you like because some of my guests, they'll have like no streams but they'll get signed. So I'm really intrigued and like, how did that happen for you? And there they'll be like literally it's just one person who saw that, and I was like, holy shit. And that just happened with me with one of my wow, guests. That's I was like, dope. One of my guests, like, do you know Lyrical Lemonade? Yeah, yeah. yeah like they just reached out to me because they saw one of my guests and they happened to have my guest on their platform as well.
1: Oh, I'm no like, way. Oh, we should
0: connect, and you know, shit like that. So, like, I think people shouldn't be discouraged by streams. But it's also weird, like, how people have to, like, I want to. Do you have to like have money to become like a successful artist? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, I want to start doing like live events, even. Yeah. and like, I'll have some friends who like they're like, Yeah, I've never had to put any money into doing a show because I'm invited to do like headline yeah, a show. Yeah. And then I'll have other friends, whether they're promoters or an artist themselves, they're like, Yeah, I had to pay 500 bucks to do this show. Like, so do you have to have money or do you not need money? You just have to have talent or what is it?
1: it, it, It's just like social media. It's like, you don't have to have social media. You don't have to have TikTok, but it certainly doesn't hurt. You know, Mm. it's only going to help, you know, it's only going to help. You don't have to have it, but it's only going to help. Uh, and the, the thing about that, I think specifically is like everybody's on a different, a different place in their journey in developing as an artist. And I think, um, depending on where you're at, the dollars that you spend are going to be much more effective. Mm. So some people start at a very high level of vocal talent with a very good sense of what people want to hear and they come out the gates banging and they put money into promoting and into their, you know, they treat it like an investment. Yeah. That money for them is going to go a lot further than somebody who's just recorded their first song mm. and uh, puts the same amount of money in but they're less developed artistically. Like it's, it's uh, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, you know, like, so depending on where you're at in the path, the money, the return that you get on, on that money that you put in is going to be different.
0: But then, how do you also know? How do you know if you're on the right path? And how do you know if you're a good artist or not? Too, if
1: you're putting in tons of money and nothing's happening, it means uh, like <laughs> it means like you know, what I'm like, it means that you need to like develop the develop yeah. the develop the uh, do do the you know do the vocal coaching, do the songwriting, do the you yeah. know develop develop yourself or have help work with somebody to develop yourself yeah. before you um, try to sell yourself.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think my biggest thing is also like. How do you, do you, for an average artist, do you need to have like milestones of age? Like, do you need to be a certain place by the time you're 25 or by the time you're this age to know you're going to actually be successful or
1: what? I I don't, I don't think so, man. Like, cause you know, like I, I think there's a, the older you get, the harder it gets just because, you know, basically all the trends are driven by the youth you know the Mm. the youth and the young people set they they just that that demographic decides what's cool and so it's going to be a lot easier to uh you know you're going to be a lot more marketable basically to a bigger amount of people if, if you're younger but i don't think you need to be i don't think there's any cutoffs i don't think there's any you know there's no like um you know, people, yeah. people, people f- can figure it out. You know, one way or another, at any age, I think
0: that is a thing. That it, youth is always marketable. I, I was watching. Um, have you seen This Is Pop on Netflix?
1: Uh, it's on my list. I haven't checked Ooh, it out yet, it's though. Pretty,
0: it's pretty good. They actually, it's like one of those documentaries where they actually do get the big names on to That's like dope. talk about it. It's dope. But like, I think the first episode is about boys to men, mm. and then how when boys to men started getting older they needed to find people, like, in sync or whatever that yeah, yeah. was uh, younger and kind of had the same vibe, you know? So, like, age, I guess, does play a role if you want. I don't know, but then you look at... I don't even know. Because, like, Adele, she's... I guess she's actually still pretty young. She's, like, 30 or something. Yeah, she just turned 30, and she was popping at, like, 18. Wow. I think she got signed... She either got signed at like, 14 or 18. She got signed, wow. like, hella young. And Same as like Amy Winehouse and all these people. So that's just like raw talent that people found. Like, I don't, what are people looking for to like give you money? Like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what do you, know. what, are, what are these people with the money are? what are they looking for? It's, it's not just like a cool look. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know how to, what, to, what advice to give to people about like
1: you're talking about what what like the average listener is looking for or what like the people the, funding the people's people careers, funding yeah, yeah funding
0: people's... what are they looking at is it just like, they're
1: looking at something that's going that that's on the upward trajectory uh, and they're looking for stream numbers that are going up and show signs of continuing to go up
0: and that's now so like so now it's easier I guess it's to tell what might have be upward yeah but yeah, back yeah, yeah. like in the nineties you couldn't look at streams and have like tangible right. evidence. Yeah, yeah. See, so maybe that's why a lot of artists in the 90s, because what I've also noticed, like if you're a one-hit wonder today, I still, I don't, I think this is a hot take. I think Little Nas X is teetering on being a one-hit wonder still, even though he really? released a newer project. He just released that project. I thought it was an all right project. I thought it was like, it was uh, it was it fit the formula very perfectly, a very yeah, yeah. boxy form. I didn't think it was anything outstanding. So I still think he has a chance to be a one hit one, like only be known for Old Town Road. But with that being said, or I guess Montero was cool, but he's still he's I'm just gonna use him as an example. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. So like if if he stopped releasing music today and he only had that album and Old Town Road album, he could still like have a career being like an influencer for like the rest of his life. Yeah. Versus like in the 90s, there were so many one-hit wonders that it just faded off the face of the planet.
1: Sure, so I mean...
0: Like, I guess that comes from, like, social media?
1: I mean, I, I think now there's probably even more one-hit wonders than there were... Mm. Because, I mean, look at, look at, like, artists that blow up on TikTok just because the sound goes viral for a challenge or whatever, like...
0: But is that a one-hit wonder if you're sticking to... to I feel like at this point, to be a one-hit wonder, you have to surpass social media. You know, like there's TikTok artists that are only successful on TikTok. Right, right. They never make it off TikTok. But people yeah. might hear it on another social media platform, but it doesn't mean they're having that on like a Spotify playlist or whatever.
1: That's true, yeah, yeah. That's true. I think I think just the way people are consuming music though, you have to think about it like that. Like oh, uh yeah. you know, like the you know, I would love it if the only way anybody ever consumed music was to sit down and listen to the entire Full album on their ten disc changer at yeah. home in their stereo, you know. But uh the the way people listen and you know the way people consume music is is it's all over the place. It's different now, yeah. It's yeah. different than it was. It's not even about listening to the s- song now. It's about hearing it fifteen seconds at a time, eight yeah. times every single day for you know. uh it, Yeah, it's.
0: Do you think there's a specific genre that has stayed true? over the course of time, like I think.
1: Stayed true?
0: Stayed true Me like hip hop used to be like full length albums with like skits. Oh yeah. Most albums have cut all the skits and the shorter albums now. And then like bands are starting to release more singles yeah. versus releasing full length projects. I don't know much about country and I honestly have pop artists on but I don't know much about pop still. So I wonder if, I think, I wonder if social media and trends have affected every genre. Oh yeah. Ian, yeah, what about jazz or something? I wonder if it's.
1: I don't know enough about jazz, but the the, the whole thing of is music as music is as a product, and now that we have the internet and streaming, it's uh, the the only things that haven't been affected are like roots music, like you know traditional fiddle music. Like yeah, exactly. But <laughs> that's the that's the ones that they've been playing the same songs for hundreds of years, and you can find that type of music in every culture all around the world. Yeah. Where it hasn't been, where, where it's still about the experience of playing it together. Um, yeah. that music stays unchanged that is the uh but as soon as you record it and you mix it and you master it with the intention of it being um consumed uh it, now we are just subject to the you know the forces of the market you know in terms yeah. of uh <laughs> yeah.
0: it definitely is music is definitely a business
1: yeah it's crazy stuff yeah, man like, it boggles my little mind sometimes trying to think about it
0: yeah that's why that's why i have to be like every person i interview <laughs> no matter how dark it is they're not all going to be successful which is kind of a wild thing to think about i'd like to i hope my platform helps people oh yeah you know but like i don't like it's it genuinely is like uh it's a business and not every it's not every not everyone's going to make it
1: And I don't think everybody needs to make it. I think, you know, there's a lot of... Make is another thing.
0: That's a a generalization, too, I feel like.
1: There's there's nothing wrong with making music just for the fun of it. Uh, You know, there's... And and I think... uh, And I can't say... You know, everybody probably has their, you know, desires to be, you know, make a big song, be famous. But I also know a lot of people that just... They just like making music and they, yeah. you know, they. I don't, I don't talk to them or like ask them <laughs> like, do you really think this is going to like blow up? You know, like that's not, that's not like part of the conversation. Yeah. People are just coming in and they're making music and it's just a practice for them. Um, and those are a lot of times the artists that I have the most respect for because they're really just, they just enjoy the process, you know, yeah. they're just, they're, they're making music that they enjoy and they, uh, it's just part of their lifestyle, you know, like it's, uh, it's not about, um. Yeah, I'm finally gonna make it out, you know, or I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do this in the next song so that it gets more streams. They're just, you know, they're just, damn, you know, expressing themselves and and making music, and it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be a a number one hit or a. Uh, I mean, it'd be cool if it was, but um, that's not the value that a lot of people get from it. Um,
0: what would you like to see change in the Seattle music scene?
1: Um. I think what would I like to see change? Um, I think there it's it's like, you know, there's just a lot of people talking shit all the time about everybody. And it's like, I don't uh, look like I'm just like, uh, I just get out of popcorn, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like hilarious, but it's like, this is not healthy. You know, it's like <laughs> not healthy for developing. Like I think in, in bigger cities, you know, like, nobody cares what everybody else is up to, you know, and here it's so small and everybody has a connection to everybody. And, you know, people are talking mad shit all the time about people, man. And it's, it's, uh, I, so I wish there was less of that. And I wish there was more just, um, uh, honestly, just less of that, man. I, 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 you know, like in more, uh, uh, more venue like more more smaller venues with good sound for like uh to, um like more open mic opportunities more like and I know that's gonna change as we as we transition out of the pandemic but that that's one thing that i like more opportunities for really um young people and people just getting established to do shows yeah uh,
0: yeah I think that's a good that's 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 important for sure start being able to start somewhere
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: more classes maybe more more infrastructure I think everyone yeah. wants more infrastructure but like
1: like I, I love the bear project and yeah. what they're doing out there it's really cool yeah
0: the bear project I'm so happy I'm connected with those guys those are good people I like them but yeah what is the what is the easiest way to reach you my guy
1: oh um probably email to be quite honest because um, I get a lot of phone calls. I don't always answer them. <laughs> no, but you can find me on Instagram, mixing. um, Twitter, sendimike, TikTok, sendimike, um, email, mike at sendimike.com. Hell yeah. You know.
0: And what is some final advice that you have for up and coming artists, creators, influencers?
1: Oh, don't, don't take yourself too seriously. You know, you got to have fun with it. Yeah. Uh, um, the, man i wish i had prepared something specific for this <laughs> i feel like this is this is my opportunity to really uh leave an impression and help some people but honestly uh yeah i think i think if you if okay here let, let me not not to Let's not take to, it in. not to uh uh not to undo what i had previously said but like if you've if you feel like this is just too easy and you're having fun with it all the time, probably means you need to work a little harder. Yeah. And if you're feeling like you're burning out and and you know it's 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 a it's a, you're just grinding and you're not seeing the results, it probably means you need to lighten up and have a little more fun. You know, that's you, people are on one end of the spectrum of that, and uh, different answers for different people.
0: Yeah, there we go. This is the NAS podcast with.
1: Send on Mike.